0: you are tired of average, you want more out of life, you know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. All right, so here we have Ryan Hunter. Thank you for joining us. How are you today?
1: Hey, I'm uh, I'm doing great. It's my pleasure to be on the show. Really,
0: awesome. So, for those of you who don't know, Ryan, uh, 29 years old. Is that right?
1: Got that right. Yeah, just had my birthday a couple days ago.
0: Awesome. And you're a you're a military man. I am. How long have you been in that?
1: Uh, it'd be 12 years. Um, this December. So, that's, yeah, it's not quite, nothing. Quite a while. That's
0: quite a bit. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I remember when you first started at CrossFit Moncton, it was January, 2014. Resolutioner. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. And it kind of rubbed off on you. Is is that right?
1: It did. Yeah. I um, took a big liking to CrossFit, specifically uh, CrossFit Moncton, just for the uh, kind of the culture and the atmosphere. I remember that really sitting well with me.
0: Awesome. So give me a little bit about yourself. Um, I guess, who are you? Where are you from? And we know what you do you're in the military and whatnot, you might not get get into specifics and that's fine. Um, but just, yeah, give us a little rundown. Tell us about yourself.
1: All right. Well, uh, you guys got my name and age, so that's uh, pretty straightforward. But uh, I'm a kid from a small town, about a thousand people, called Charlotte, New Brunswick. Um, since then, I've kind of just grown out of the small town, moved to Moncton. That was my first step. And then uh, across the country to Edmonton. So, um, yeah, I identify myself as an amateur fly fisher and um, avid outdoorsman. So uh, to sum myself up, yeah, I'd say those two things.
0: Awesome. Um, when did your when did your passion for the outdoors and and fitness kind of start?
1: Uh, I'd say at a young age. Yeah, I grew up like playing in the mud and being outside with friends, and ever since middle school, played competitive sports. So they kind of just go hand in hand.
0: Awesome. And what what kind of got you interested in it in the first place?
1: Uh, pff, sports. I think I just had an interest for that cohesive team environment and, uh, really just playing a game with your friends and that grew and fostered into a more competitive spirit where, um, my small high school of 250 students, we were playing against, you know, like Moncton high and Ferdin high school. And, um, yeah, just ever since then, just realizing that hard work pays off and, uh, that applies to all aspects of your life.
0: Did that influence you at all in, in joining the military?
1: Uh, big time. yeah, the Army is just one big family, one big team. Um, everybody has different roles within, but um, usually we're all working for a common goal and it's a uh, really amazing to see everything work together to achieve that goal.
0: What's uh, I guess what's been your biggest takeaway from being in the military for 12 years?
1: No time is too tough. Um, just when you think that you've had the hardest time of your life, uh, fast forward, couple of years down the road. And all of a sudden you're in a even tougher position and just realizing that you can literally make it through anything with the right attitude and the right group of people.
0: That's, uh, that might be a good segue into what this is all about. So, uh, for those of you just listening, this is uh, a podcast about resilient humans. And I, I truly believe that Ryan embodies that, uh, that word, um, not just from his past, but also from his future, the way he projects himself, the way he carries himself through life, uh, I think is really a defining feature of a resilient human. So, uh, a few years ago, Ryan was hit with a, um, we'll call it a health scare. I say, I'd say, um, would you like to talk about that kind of what happened and just give us a rundown?
1: Yeah, let's hop into it. So, um, Here we were almost four years ago now. Um, I had just finished doing uh, what's called Mountain Man. It's essentially the military's triathlon. It's a 35K ruck followed by like three or 4K portage with the canoe on your back, 10K canoe down a river, and then finish it off with another 5K. Um, After I finished the race, doing just kind of like a body check. Obviously, you know, your body is pretty drained afterwards and, you just want to make sure everything's okay. Um, and then I had actually found a lump in a, um, very peculiar area is, uh, one of my testicles. Um, so obviously I was pretty scared about that, but, uh, I did the normal human thing where you just try to ignore it and hope it goes away. <laughs> Fast forward a uh, couple weeks later, I finally decided to go see the doctor and, um, yeah, that just kind of d- started down a path that, um, yeah, I was hit with the news that it was in fact cancerous and yeah, little did I know I was about to be sent down a uh, pretty wild path.
0: What was your first initial reaction when, when you found that out? So I guess there's two, you would have had two reactions. One, when you first kind of found it yourself and then Mm -hmm. another, another reaction when it was kind of like confirmed. So what was that like?
1: Yeah. So the first time or I guess like when I first found it, my initial reaction was to call my, well now wife, but girlfriend at the time um, and just say, hey, something's not right. Um, I've never felt anything like this before, but based on everything that I've you know kind of been taught throughout my life, this is probably something bad. Uh, Cause it almost felt like a marble, right? Like I, I could tell something wasn't right. Um, fast forward to getting kind of the confirmation from the doctors. Um, I just remember kind of hoping the whole time that it was going to be nothing. Um, and I think that that was really wishful thinking. Um, but then finding out that, you, you know, they dropped the big C, right? Like they say it's cancer. Um, I just hightailed it kind of out of the doctor's office and got in my truck and, you know, had a, had a good little cry. Um, and then I called kind of like the big three people, you know, like my, my wife, my mom, my dad, and just said, Hey, like. I just got this news. Um, but it's going to be okay.
0: <laughs> Is that, yeah. You, you mentioned that you had that initial cry and then immediately you went into kind of leaning into your support system. How mm-hmm. important were they throughout the whole, the whole process?
1: Dude, like, um, invaluable. I, you can't put a price on, on good friends and family. And, um, it was kind of tough because we, we were kind of separated by the entire country and Canada's quite large. So um, I really only got to see my parents twice throughout that, but because of technology and everything, we were able to, you know, call every day, video chat whenever possible. Um, so even though they were away, uh, I was still able to have them in my corner.
0: What's that like being on, not being in person with the people that you, you just call them your big three. I mean, two, two of the big three weren't there with you. What was that like?
1: Crushing. Yeah. yeah. Um, they came up to visit, but it was really only for a, a kind of a short period of time because everybody has lives and work and everything else. And, um, yeah, so it is really tough not having them there.
0: What kind of feelings were you, were you going through, I guess, I know you said it was kind of like denial at, at the start, like, ah, let's hope it's nothing. You yeah. get hit with the big C. You know, you know what it is. What's that? What's that next process? Like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling?
1: So, I kind of realized that mindset is everything when it comes to this stuff. And uh, basically, like over my experience in you know going to the cross and and sitting in that bed and going through chemo and everything, you meet a lot of people, and it's very easy to see the people that are, I'll say, like willfully ignorant. I think I stayed off of Google. I didn't look up survival rates and everything else. I kind of just trusted my doctor at face value. Um, But that is a huge topic of discussion, at least I found uh, while at the cross. uh, The cross is the cancer center, by the way, you're in Edmonton. um, That the people that were really focused on, oh, this only has a 30% chance. This is a 90% chance. You could really see these people kind of hoping on the numbers Um, but I kind of decided to just stay out of that and just say, Hey, they said, I only have to do a couple months of chemo and then we'll reassess. So I was just focused on getting to that, like that end step of the chemo.
0: (laughs) Right on. Yeah. What were the different types of mindset that you saw? Like that, that's what I'm really interested in. Like we we all know people and I, at previous episode, I said the same thing. You can have two different people going through something very similar or even the same, and they just come out of it completely different. Some people come mm-hmm. out of it on top of things like, yeah, no, I got this. It's almost like positive resiliency and others mm-hmm. kind of go into this dark, deep cave and they, they just don't want to come out of it. Or maybe they do, but they just don't know how. What's the difference? Like, I don't, where, where, where did you see that?
1: Yeah. Um, so exactly how you said it, there was a vast majority of people and people of all ages. When I say like I was the youngest guy in that room, I can think of maybe two people that were younger than me in that room um so it's really hard to draw like a parallel with myself because there wasn't just like a lot of 25 year old guys going through testicular cancer um so really to see the difference you notice it in conversation um if you saw me around there sitting in the bed i obviously felt like shit but i would try my best to to joke around or try to make somebody smile Whether it was the people sitting next to me, my wife sitting there with me, the nurses, just just whoever just trying to radiate as much joy, I guess, as I could. Um, But you could see it in the other people. And maybe it's because they were there longer or their diagnosis was much worse. But you could just hear it in the tone when you talk to them.
0: How were you able to be so positive to joke around like that, knowing what you were going through?
1: Man, I wish I had an answer for you but honestly, even I remember sitting down with the oncologist for the first time and it was me and my wife in the room and this was post-surgery. So they had already ripped out the you know cancerous nut out of my body. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting with this oncologist and he's, he's talking to me and he's, he's explaining chemotherapy and how that works and stuff. And I look at him and I go, so doc, be real with me. Is this a good weight loss program? And he had to stop. He looks at me and he goes, <laughs> Ryan, this is a serious thing. Like chemo is not a joke. And anyways, just kind of ever, ever since this whole ride started and I got over the initial shock is just maybe trying to cope with humor. Um, I found that that's worked for me and, um, yeah, I I don't know any more that I can say about it other than I have just tried to find the little bits of happiness in everything, whether that means, you know, uh, doctors don't appreciate it or whatever. (laughs) I could care less.
0: I'm sure he's kind of taken back by that or a little floored. So um probably, yeah. That mindset though, that you're not just born with that, right? You don't you don't have that from, from the day you're born. You had to have developed that somewhere. Can you think back of any time where that was built up or grown or developed over the years?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I come from two pretty resilient humans. My um my you know, my dad was a RCMP for 30 plus years. He dealt with, you know, everything that cops do on a daily basis for, for that many years. So I'd say you'd have to be pretty resilient. Um, and also one of the bigger ones, my uh, so my mom also um, had cancer in her lifetime um, and it had always just kind of been around in the family. And she's always talked about her struggles and her battles. So I think she really solidified it into me that, you um, you just, you have to fight, you have to fight because there is so much more life to live after, um, cancer and after any health scare, really. So, um, yeah, I think that was kind of ingrained in me at, at a pretty early age.
0: Awesome. Did you know anybody else in your life that had gone through testicular cancer or are you kind of like coming yeah, in line a- basically?
1: <laughs> no, I'll give a shout out to, um, for all extensive purposes, one of, one of my uncles by, um. By friendship through my father, uh, his name's Tony. So, uh, Tony also had the same battle as me and he was kind of like a, uh, like my main point of contact for any questions, um, kind of cancer related and losing a testicle related. Cause life gets kind of weird after that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's
0: good. It's good that you had those, those people in your corner to kind of help you out. Absolutely. Was, was there anything that in your daily life that was changed as a result? I know like Obviously being a walk- in the hospital, that's, <laughs> that's going to throw a little bit of a wrench into your, your plans. Right. So.
1: Yeah. Um, do you, uh, I guess like, do you mean during all of this? Do you mean after it?
0: Let's go before, during, after like the whole gamut.
1: All right. Um, well, before I kind of just lived with a lot of anxiety, I didn't really feel like doing much, um, while I was in the hospital, tried my best to just, just survive, is the best way I could explain it so every time I would go through a round of chemo things get almost like exponentially worse so um joint pain the hair loss the inability to eat and then once you could finally eat like man I'm not thinking about I'm not thinking about cooking you know what I mean so then I'm I'm eating whatever um and oddly enough I I bring you back to the joke that I made early on about it being a good weight loss program totally wrong. I packed on the pounds, man. I I must've gained 40 pounds. Just I didn't give a shit. Right. So, um, fast forward to afterwards. So I finally get the all clear. Um, while I say all clear, I'm at least my tumors have shrunk to a point that doctors were not worried about it. Um, so they say, go on and live your life. Um, initial weeks and months afterwards, some struggles there. Um, but then it's just, kind of getting that new lease on life and um, just seeing that things can be much worse. And I could be back in that bed and sore and feeling geriatric, but um, you know, as a young person, so just try to be spry and try to do the things that you want to do. So no more making excuses like, Oh, I don't want to go on that hiking trip. Oh, I don't want to go fishing this weekend. You know what I mean? Just like getting out and doing those things.
0: So would you say that's kind of the lesson that you've learned?
1: Yeah, if I can say anything and, you know, if I'm explaining anything to your viewers, it's take advantage of the times now because I did not expect to be out of commission for almost a year where I wasn't able to enjoy the things that I really do find happiness in. And uh, I, I it feels so cliche to say, but just just go do the things. Just whatever your excuse is, shut up and go do it.
0: Do you feel like that, that you've lost that year? Like it was almost a waste.
1: I try not to, cause I learned so much. Like I'm, I'm in a position now where because of my struggle, I'm able to talk to people. I've had numerous people reach out to me cause I've been so open about my story and just be able to support them from a point of like, Hey, I've been there and you're going to be okay. So let's get through this. Um, so I don't see it as a waste. if anything, it was like, it was a blessing because fortunately not everybody has to go through this. Um, but for people that do now, they have people like me or people like a Tony. Um, now they have somebody who they can talk to about it.
0: That's amazing. Now you're kind of a, you know, you're you're that guy, you're that, you're that support. You could be one of the big three for, for somebody you wouldn't even know it. And maybe somebody, somebody listening here, same idea, right? You'd be like, oh my God, maybe, maybe I should check, right?
1: Yeah, and that, that is my hope. And, and that's been my hope of sharing my story and being so open about it um, is that I do hope that people check those weird lumps and they go to the doctor and then they find out as soon as possible because I feel like had I not ignored it for a little bit, maybe I would have just had the surgery. You know what I mean? Maybe I would have skipped chemo, but um, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's... That's in the past. You can't, that can't be changed, right? But exactly that story can definitely help somebody down the road, right? I hope so. Do you have any advice to give to somebody that might be going through maybe not this exact health scare, but a- any type of health scare?
1: My piece of advice to you would be something along the lines of just get through this hurdle. Um, so that means if it's surgery, if it's, chemo if it's a diet change get through the first hurdle and then deal with the next one it's really a one step at a time process and just keep your head in the game stay focus on the positive know that whatever you're going through you can make it through it you really can
0: how though so i i totally agree with what you're saying 100 but i know people and myself included like if we're injured and we can't go to the gym when you're, when you're in that moment, it's so hard to do that. It's like, I feel like I'm going to be injured forever. Like if my elbow hurts or I get like tendonitis, it's like, I'm going to have tendonitis forever and I'll never be able to lift weights or I'll never be able to do a pull up again. How do you go through that? How do you get past that point?
1: A lot of the blocks I think that you're going to experience are mental ones. So you need to check in with yourself. And when you find yourself saying, I'll never be able to do that again, bullshit. You will be able to do it again, but you need to take that time to reflect inwards and kind of know that you're going to have to take smaller steps. So it's almost like an ego check. So even though I wasn't able to do CrossFit or I I couldn't even do yoga for 30 minutes, but I was able to go for a walk to the mailbox. So that was like my, that was my, I'm saying if you can't run, walk, and if you can't walk, crawl, because eventually you're going to run again.
0: I like that. You mentioned the word never. Never is a very binary word. We always use mm. that. Never or always, right? I'll always mm. be hurt or I'll, I'll never do what I was going to be able to do again. And we know that that's dangerous language, right? Yeah. It's not useful for our lives. So what you just said, if, if you're not able to do this currently, what can you do? It's always, Mm -hmm. we always get caught up in these. And I've talked about this before with some, some of my clients, we have this in our, in our head, this world that that we've created. We, I call it our quality world. It's what we Mm -hmm. expect. I expect to be able to do this, this, and this. And then reality is saying, no, you're not right. Yeah. And then when those two worlds, your reality world and your quality world don't match up, That's when that internal conflict happens. We start getting those, you know, anxious or depressed and we start feeling all those really terrible emotions. So what can you do? Well, you might not be able to change your reality. The reality is this is what's happening to you. What you can do is change your expectation. I, I expect to do this, but I'm not there yet. So what can I do? I can just bring my expectations down a notch to something that I am able to do. Right? Yeah. That sound like something that you went through in, in your head while you're going through this?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Ryan, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Uh I know it must be I, I still can't imagine hearing the news, going through everything that you went through, coming out of it on the other end, and really just exuding positivity throughout. It it really gives a Uh, I'll give some accolades to your dad and your mom and, uh, uncle Tony for, for helping you through that. Um, if anything, it's from your story, it's really lean in on that support system that you have no matter what you're going through.
1: Yeah. And I need to plug in my wife too, big time because she was the one taking days off of work, driving me feeding, not like Feeding me, you know what I mean. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like making sure there was food on the table and everything else while I was going through that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think um, she definitely has to be mentioned here, big time help.
0: Awesome. Do you have yeah. anything else you'd like to uh, mention? Any last last words of advice?
1: That's a big question. It is. Um, the <laughs> The only advice that I can give that I I think was the most important takeaway here is just like if something isn't right, and this applies to everything in life, not just your physical health, but your mental health. If something isn't right, go get it checked. Don't hold back on, maybe it'll work itself out, maybe it'll pass, go get it checked. We are very fortunate to live in a country where we have a pretty robust healthcare system. Um, So yeah, just just don't be afraid to take that first step in there and, and get ahead of it.
0: What's the worst that could happen?
1: What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. Right. The worst Does- is you find out something that is already happening or already manifesting. And now you're getting ahead of it. Worst case, you do nothing. And then it gets worse.
0: That is the worst case. Doing nothing. Yes. In in my last episode, I talked about choosing challenge. And it that mm-hmm. might be, you know, calling your doctor is you getting out of your comfort zone. Right? That's- Yes. It, it can be nerve wracking because you don't want it. You don't, you nope. almost don't want it to be confirmed because then it becomes real. It's reality yes. at that point. And then you actually have to deal with it. And that's hard. That's not, it's not easy. eh?
1: No, it's not easy. And it is the hard way, but we grow through the hard way.
0: The obstacle is the way.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely that's deep.
0: right on, man. Again, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. It's been too long. We definitely need to, uh, chat again soon. So again, thanks Absolutely. for coming
1: on. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. Problem. Take care. Okay. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest episodes. Be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next time.